the Club Dojo Podcast. I'm the Bogogi. And I am Mr. Game. And today we're talking about Wolfenstein, a game I finally got around to finishing up and finally got around to playing through. And I, I regret that I hadn't played it sooner. It, it's, a, it's a great shooter that I really enjoyed, much more than I thought I would. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, oh, what's a Vin Diesel movie from way back when? Uh, we're in the prison. Uh, but but the, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, um... But yeah, Fast and Furious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? They're in prison in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So, no, 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 the Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick, yes. <laughs> yeah, you mean exactly. the, the game or the movie? The game. Yeah. No, yeah, that was a good game, too. It was a good game, yeah. And this game reminded me a little bit of that. Uh, I, was, I was really impressed by a lot of the things I didn't think I'd be impressed by. You played it back when it launched, right? I did. I was a huge fan back in the day as advocating just how cool I found the game. And it's been out for a long. I think spoilers are fine at this point. I mean, it's a very dark kind of opening. And the, the tutorial level is it's, it's fun. It's kind of crazy. Uh, and uh, that sort of you have this kind of random arbitrary decision into that first level to save one of two people. And it does kind of have some impact here in the game as you play. I think they're, they're, they interact at different times. You save one person or the other. Uh, but I thought the finale, the last boss fight, was really cool, and that the brain that they, they preserved is the one that you fight at the end, and that they put that into the, the robot you fight against, which, again, after playing the old school games way back when, where you fought robots with, like, brains in them, like, usually it's Hitler's brain or something else, but I like the idea that they kind of went back to the same theme of this, this robot that's sort of powered by some brain and happened to be your friend that you, you chose for them to kill in the beginning. Yeah, uh, just, it's, it's just it's 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 so it's it's, just, it's an incredible kind of moment, and that combined with I think the opening uh, cutscene between when you blow up to like you know fifteen years later is really well designed too, and a lot, just the kind of the emotional component of this game is surprisingly strong as you play. Yeah, well, I mean, they they go some some dark places with you. They send you to a concentration camp, and they 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 you know, with some some kind of you know hot button issues they they're they're willing to to, to grab onto. Again, I don't necessarily how effective I found that, but I really I mean the relationship. <laughs> you have with a nurse i thought that was great it was very yeah. adult it, it felt like they, they they get intimate really quickly which makes you feel like they don't really feel like they're going to live very long you know it, it's like yeah. instead of a long time romance this is two jaded characters coming together and, and who feel like they're both about to be killed so you know why not enjoy a moment before they get killed like that, that the way that the story and the characters kind of reinforce just the oppression and, and the hopelessness of your cause i really i don't know i really i really dug it um, <laughs> yeah, and even even the characters, the supporting players, like as I was playing it when I first started, like I didn't care about the big guy, the people you were with, but right. like you spend a long time with them, and like you start to really care, and like as the story unfolds, and as people kind of you lose some of your allies, some of your friends, and uh, you kind of get closer to other people that, that help you later on, like it it was surprisingly impactful. Like, again, I, I was just I was under I, I didn't expect to be as as impressed with that game. You have levels where you're in space and it's just kind of you know outlandish crazy stuff. But you're you're grounded in the story and characters you have to care about by the time the game wraps up. Yeah, I think so too. And, and and not only that, the one thing I really liked about it too is a lot of shooting, but there also had scenes where you could, you had to do stealth kill or you could stealth kill if yeah. you wanted to. And I think that was a wonderful addition to the game because it's it's done very well. You can replay that scene if you want to do it as a stealth kill if you mess up somehow. Uh, and, and the stealth kills is a great way to break up the action. So rather than just every sequence is there on that side of the room, you're on this side of the room, you have to shoot your way through the room. You know, sometimes you, you wind up in a sequence where there's a captain somewhere you got to kill before you 
you get seen, and if you get him, then you can kill everybody else. But and, and the game rewards you as as far as I can tell by the way you play. So if you play stealth, it reward, gives you stealth bonuses and stuff like that. If you play just shooter, it gives you shooter bonuses. It, it, I like that reinforcement of the way you choose to play is the way it reward you. I thought that was really well done too. It's it's been a while since I played it, but I think I recall just feeling like you felt just like a super superhero, like you felt super, super over uber powerful when you played. It felt good. It felt like it was very responsive. It felt like a very kind of satisfying shooter to play. And I, I, I believe it's the case, and it felt very different than the other kind of reincarnations or attempts to revive the Wolfenstein series historically. Return yeah. to Castle Wolfenstein and stuff came up historically that were just not impressive. They're just kind of redundant. seemed very kind of uh, just just un, un, you know, uninspired uh, historically. And this one I thought, thought was just really polished as you played it. Well, I think I think the, this game took a, you know, it takes you out of the castle. I think a lot of the other games yeah. that we played, the Wolfenstein games, we would just kind of keep you in a castle, bring up zombies and other stuff, and it just wasn't very interesting or, or fun gameplay. But this is really you know, very fun the entire way through. Uh, the v- levels are varied enough to keep it interesting. Uh, game, the guns. I, I, I was a little disappointed with the guns. I don't think there's any kind of a portal style gun in this. The, the laser you get is it's fun to level up, and it does become enormously powerful later, where you can just incinerate your enemies pretty quickly, hmm. uh, and you can recharge it, so you don't have to worry about bullets and stuff. But um, but there's really not. I, I wish there was a more defining gun for the game. But but beyond that, the hero in the game, I feel like Blazkowicz is such an interesting character. He's such a you know Captain America kind of guy, but he's also mm-hmm. so jaded and spent and, and everything else he doesn't really feel like there's any happiness for him it, it he, he's he's a much more interesting character than the game like this deserves you know <laughs> I, was, I was i was surprisingly interested in what happened to him and as well as the supporting characters too the, the woman i forget her name but who, who's trying to figure out everything with mathematically you're the older uh you know, accomplice you have who gets the the supercharged ninja suit later um, yeah. i saved the the uh the person with the, the irish guy i guess and in his mm-hmm. and he, he played a role in the rest of the game also but yeah. Anyway, I, I was I was really impressed by the way the game did those side things to the point that I was actually interested in the cutscenes. You know, it's been a long time yeah. since I care what happened in a cutscene, but here I was yeah. interested in what went on in the cutscenes. Did you Did you find all the uh, you know old Wolfenstein retro games to play as well? No, I, I, found, okay. I found the one upstairs in the the safe zone. Which at this point, I feel like when this game gives you a safe zone, you go back to it's like okay, I know I'm going to have to fight guys here later. Like at some point in the game, anytime you have a hub safe zone between levels, <laughs> at some point you're going to fight guys in that hub safe zone. So the first time I was there, I was like, okay, I need to start scouting this out because there'll be troops here later. I got to kill. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's such a trite thing at this point. But anyway, still the game itself is really good. Um, I, I would I would temper expectations if you ever. Pre- through the DLC, I think the DLC is not as as interesting as, as okay. the main game is. It, it is. it was just seemed largely just perfunctory. There's just kind of additional content. There was one kind of cool component. It's been a while since I played. There's one cool moment where I believe you are kind of going through this like uh, kind of Venice like city with with canals and stuff. And there's there are blimps overhead with Nazis in them, but they're they're zombies and they're on fire. And so they're falling from the sky, landing near you, and then getting up and attacking you at that point. Oh, cool. That, that was a cool little scene when you're fighting you know, these zombies falling from the sky. They're on fire. They're Nazis. <laughs> that, that, I like I like that moment because that, that kind of stood out as like the one kind of unique moment of that whole experience. But for the three to four hours, other, otherwise there's really nothing else significant in that that DLC. So I would avoid that. But I am excited about the sequel. I think the next one coming up looks, looks good already. So I'm yeah, very, very excited. I, I hope they, they do more of those little sequences, like the scene on the train where you you face the woman, you know, gives you that yeah. personality test. Those those little sequences are really cool. I hope they do a lot more of those in the next game. I really I don't I, I know you like the choice of the start. I really didn't like that as much because <laughs> I feel like it, it, it was almost like a thing just to surprise you with later on but and I think the next game starts with that kind of thing too but uh, if it had more of an impact on the gameplay you know if it changed yeah, a lot maybe. more of things that happened I think that'd be more 
I can see it be more significant. But. So you, you also you checked out another recent kind of re- resurgent game, the the Doom game, right? You got through that one as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because you know, I thought these games were very inverse in terms of what I liked about them. Like I didn't really care about the characterization in Doom. I just liked the gameplay so much. Like every time I got into a fight, I was excited about it. So I'd run around, you know, you get into a sandbox area, you know, you're gonna have all these guys to fight. You know, you need to you know, power up and keep and keep a kill a kill run going and stuff like that. Like I felt like the battling in Doom was so much more interesting. Like Wolfenstein. I had I got bored here and there, you know. But yeah. with Doom, I felt like it was always fun to find monsters to fight. You know, I don't know what the plot was. I didn't really follow it at all. I, I skipped through the cutscenes. But Do, yeah, Doom Doom's like that's the first first person shooter game I've seen like a shooter game with combos because that really is yes. kind of what you're doing. Like you're 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 streaming combos together to kind of keep playing, keep moving forward, to keep re. re uh, yeah, fill up your ammo again, or recharging your health by changing up to the chainsaw, back to your guns again, or and doing the, the kind of the fatal kill things, uh, the uh, fatalities you can do. Like there's there's some things you can do, but it, you 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 kind of create this rhythm of things and, and a pattern, and it is just a combo in first person, which you know you used to seeing that like the Ninja Gaiden games or other yeah. games where that that's more more like a third person you know mechanic, not necessarily first person, but that game really pulls it off. Yeah, a killer instinct kind of thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Maybe you can't do that in Wolfenstein because you're killing people, and it's kind of hard to do like a, a killing spree of people or something. I'm not sure be why. Really, really dark. I'd like it'd be to see really that. dark. Yeah, <laughs> the game's not afraid to go dark. Uh, but yeah, it'd be really no, dark. It is. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because playing both games, they both have really well designed levels. Um, I think Doom has better guns uh, than Wolfenstein did, but Wolfenstein has better characters, better moments. Um, yeah, a better. Uh, yeah, ending boss is tricky. I think Wolfenstein had the better ending boss, but they're both very successful first-person shooters through very different ways and and through emphasizing very different aspects of the game. I'd recommend both. Everyone should have them or play through them at once because I think they both represent the way shooters should be moving. You know, one in terms of having better plot, better story, more interesting levels, and the other in terms of having better gameplay in the moment where you want to play that scene again. <laughs> yeah. So these retro shooters that are coming back, you know, Doom and Wolfenstein work pretty well. How does this compare to Duke Nukem? Did you ever play that one? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I don't think I finished it. It's so funny because <laughs> I feel like Duke Nukem has all this potential to do these things, but Duke Nukem doesn't have an interesting central character. Uh, in fact, he, he almost seems repugnant later on when, when the girls you're with at the start of the game, they get killed, and Duke Nukem almost God, seems to right. enjoy that fact. Um, the level designs are not interesting to play through. I and mean, it's not even that they're bad. It's that they're not interesting to play through. You get bored working your way through a level and yeah there's sequences where you become a car and then you have to survive as a car and you're very vulnerable as a car and it's like why why in the world do i need to play a scene as a as a tiny vulnerable thing when in a game where i'm running around shooting things constantly they do nukem absolutely should have embraced the doom mentality in terms of make make every combat interesting and fun or yeah. wolfenstein's mentality of, of outrageous you know sequences and great cutscenes and and some diversity in terms of stealth kills rather than just always uh, running and shooting but yeah, Duke Nukem is, is everything wrong with, with shooting games right now. It's, it's the misogyny, it's the boringness, it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's striking because we're playing Shadow Warriors 2 right now. Yeah. That, that game it's sort of under the radar. It's not, not many people played the game, it's it's more independent, but it, it's it's really well designed. It, it it feels more like a kind of a Doom style game where it's more just crazy chaos and a lot of combat and uh, some leveling up leveling up mechanics and there's you know some first per, uh, some actual melee capabilities in the game, but it, it, it largely works because it's it is just kind of a fast, uh, really responsive game that and unfortunately has a co op experience too, which is fantastic yes. for us. But uh, you know, it, it reminds me of like uh, you know bullet storm or um kind of these other games that are just more they feel like the old school games but more modernized and and fun and not punitive and 
uh, and just kind of rewarding to play. And I, I, I'm really enjoying that. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier, I think the, the, the leveling up mechanic yes, in Shadow Warriors is, is well designed, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, I was going to say that exactly. That's the thing, is the level up mechanic is so well designed. You just get little add-ons to weapons, and then you have like six or whatever, like a set number of weapons that's manageable, or it's not an endless number of guns, or you're always dropping a gun and getting a new gun. But you have a set number of weapons, but the add-ons you can get to them give them different powers, different strengths, different elemental things. And then it is a pretty basic design. You know, there's a lot of add-ons you can get, but there's never, you know, you have to spend a lot of time trying to say, is this one better than that one? It's like, okay, I'll put this electronic, this electroshock one on, and this reload speed thing on, and this power, overall power thing on, and there I go, you know, and it's easy to swap those out and swap those crystals in, whatever, and, and keep the action moving. I think they do level up really well, or it's just complicated enough that you want to, it's, it's interesting, but it's not so complicated that you don't want to mess with it. Yeah, I think I think Borderlands could learn a lot from Shadow Warriors. Yeah, in this yeah. Regard. Like, as opposed to having like these these you know, static guns you get that may have certain you know a power of certain abilities. Like, give us the give us the gun, let us modify the gun. Yes. Like that, that works so much better in these sort of experiences. Yeah, uh, but not like in a yeah not in a Dead Space three kind of way, where it's like I gotta <laughs> figure out how the pieces go together, and I wind up with some ridiculous gun that it barely works. You know, like I need to, you know, yeah, you're exactly right. I have you know, crystals or something easy. I swap in and out of the gun that actually makes a difference. That's what I didn't like about Wild. Lances. I couldn't tell a difference on the gun most God, of the time. Yeah. It's like, here's another barrel you can put on this other gun. Okay, I have like nine of these, but I'll put this one on, and it's plus five of four things, but minus five on the other four things. So what do you think? You know, it's, like, it's like, oh, man, I don't know. I mean, do I care about balance versus, you know, Accuracy versus, yeah, exactly. like, yeah. what's the difference? I don't understand what the hell's going on. Like, yeah, it's like, here are not, here's, here's, here's 20, you know, things, aspects of this gun. Five of them are increased. Four of them are decreased. The other ten are unchanged, you know, as opposed to this other thing, which it's like, oh, man, you know. Weighing this out is, is, is way too complex. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you're, 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 oh, go ahead. I was going Shadow Warriors does a good job of making it just rewarding enough that you want to engage in it, and you kind of need to for some of the later creatures. But again, not so overwhelming that it's just un- annoyingly, you know, minute or annoy- annoyingly specific. It's it's weird when I'm playing these games. Is I think until we saw Duke Nukem, until we saw actually maybe Wolfenstein. Um, there was this kind of sensation that these old school games really have no place today. Like, there's no way to make Duke Nukem fascinating, and people kind of had low expectations and came out. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty crummy game. And, and I think now it's like we've seen so many games kind of prove that there are ways to make old school games, or relatively mindless shooter games, a lot of fun, really rewarding, you know, worth worth checking out. And it feels like you know it's 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 surprising that Duke Nukem can't figure it out. Like, there's so many different ways yeah. you can go to make this a fun experience, and you're missing every single way. Like, it's, yeah. it's actually kind of stunning. Wasn't Duke Nukem even? It wasn't, it wasn't cooperative, right? Like at least there were a cooperative player in there, but it, I don't think he even had that. Wasn't it? Am I right? There was no, single player. No, I did not. It was single player only. Yes. Yeah, it's like oh my. God. So at least there are a cooperative player in it. But yeah, take take the lessons of Wolfenstein of having diversity in your levels, of interesting stories and characters, or Doom and having really fun fighting every time, or you know, Shadow Warriors of having weapons you can level up. Yeah, yeah, or in a cooperative mode, and pull one of those, and then you have a much more successful game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, they get it right if it ever comes back again. But we'll see about that. <laughs> if it never came back again, that'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I wanted to talk about another topic that came up this past week. Is it's it's incredibly frustrating for gamers, uh, and, and, and I'm not sure if you paid attention to it at all, but um, it's the SNES Classic. And what's happened to it over the last week? It's gotten a lot of press. Uh, a lot of frustrated gamers are out there right now because uh, it doesn't actually launch until end of next month. So it's a little ways away still. We're not going to see it for a while. 
Um, but stores this past week started the pre-order process, and mm-hmm. um, the NES Classic got a lot of flack because it had you know limited availability. And Nintendo kind of does, does this thing where it runs in scarcity for to create artificial demand. In my opinion, it's really gross. Uh, it, it is frustrating as hell because NES Classic they they ran through the supply. They they, they created a limited uh, amount just for a reason. The Switch to this day, it's hard to buy the Switch still, which is kind of surprising because I don't know a lot of people own Switches. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's hard to buy them and. Uh, and the SNES Classic looks like it's going to follow the same pattern. And it's it's bizarre because uh, Nintendo came out before, you know, early in July and said, you know, we learned from the NES Classic, we will not have scarcity for the SNES, there'll be plenty of them to go around, don't worry about it at all. And maybe that's the case, but so far it does not seem to be what's going to happen. So yeah. this past week, uh, in the middle of the morning, like at 1 in the morning, some sites like Amazon and, and uh, Walmart posted pre-orders. And uh, they lasted for roughly an hour, if, if not like less than like 30 minutes. And most people are, are pointing to the fact they believe there are, are scripts that people have written, bots effectively, that are going to these sites, pinging the site, looking to see when the pre-order button becomes available, and buying out the supply. And this is effectively what scalpers use for tickets and concert sales and everything yeah. else. And so people are doing this with, with this box, which makes sense. And, and almost instantaneously after the pre-orders went live, you saw eBay listings go on. And this thing retails for $80, and eBay listings are going on for $300, $400, $500 for this box at this point. So <laughs> it's, it's you're seeing a lot of people just, just scam system buy out the supply and, and and list like crazy on ebay and and make fortune money those things will sell and it's, it's frustrating to see that so that happened on a few sites and then target suffered the same thing on the on the next day they they released a, a pre-order op- option it was sold out within a few minutes and then uh but every 30 minutes or every hour after that they tried to do another few sets but again it was always bought out by bots and i had experiences where i i had the, the thing in my, my cart but before i could put my credit card it was already sold out so i couldn't purchase it and this happened again and again and again for a lot of gamers and and so this past week, it looked like most sites kind of ex- exhausted their, their pre-orders. Best Buy, Toys R Us. Toys R Us is not going to do one. Um, but a lot of sites actually exhausted their pre-orders at various times this past week. And almost none of the sites have even just captures to prevent bots from from over, from over from buying out the supply. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of gamers are, are left without. And there are a lot of articles today from even Kotaku about how they couldn't even buy one. So, like, there's there's most most gamers couldn't get one. Uh, and then a lot of people out there have, have bought, you know, 30 to 40 to 50 of these uh, with the intention of just making a, a, a killing on third-party sites, on, on, on eBay and elsewhere, just resell these for astronomical prices. So from a gamer perspective, it's frustrating because I, like many other gamers, feel like, you know, I want to give Nintendo my money on this. I'm happy to pay for this system. Uh, it's games I can get in other, other ways. or games I already have in different, different systems or virtual console, other places. But I like the form factor. I like this experience. I like the idea. And I really want to play Star Fox 2, but I can't do it. And it looks like it may not be an option. And I had the option would be to line up at, you know, stores at midnight on the 28th, but I have a job, I have family, I can't wait to do that anymore, it's not my lifestyle anymore, uh, or or commit to the, the eBay scalpers and pay, pay a fortune of money. Uh, Nintendo's gone on the record saying they're not going to produce any more after this year, so this is a limited supply again, and so despite what they said, it looks like they're going to continue to run the scarcity which, yeah, it's, it's dirty. It's just, and, and Nintendo, they're doing back to them. They're going to look like they've sold out. People are going to buy these things out. Um, people are going to complain like me, but it doesn't really matter on Nintendo. They're, they're going to make the money, so they're, they're fine. So from, you know, from gay perspective, it's, it's, it's hard because it's like it, it's, I could either pay the money or I could, just, I could look at other ways of playing these games. And there are a lot of other ways to do it that are not legitimate. And it's not like I want to endorse that, but it's hard not to consider that when, when this is the experience you have in the past week. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo's doing, if they're doing this through artificial scarcity and they're not doing any effort at all, I mean, to, to keep people from just buying them out and selling them at outrageous prices, then, 
know, I, that, that seems like Nintendo's bringing, it doesn't seem to have any investment at all in making sure these get to actual gamers or care at all who actually plays these systems. So, yeah, why wouldn't you then just play the games through other means or through less legitimate means? And it's really strange that they would, I, I feel like just treating gamers badly, but um, I'm sure they would <laughs> see, it, see it that way, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure they don't have any like actual responsibility here, but it sure is like they should. There's some kind of responsibility they're not living up to if they're not doing any effort at all to make sure these aren't getting pirated or stolen or anything else. But I guess as long as they're, they're not, as long as they're sold, that's what they're aiming to do. And yeah, it's so frustrating. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. the second time it's happened. I mean, it's inevitably will happen next year with the N64 Classic whenever it's announced. I'm sure the same experience will happen again. And so uh, after the NES, it's like we, we kind of believe that they're going to make make it better this time. And so far, this past week does not look like it could be. So I think, and granted, they could they could do a saving grace or saving saving throw in the next month and make this much better and, you know, bring more supply or, or, or work with other platforms to make it better. I think Amazon has gone on the record to say that they'll limit customers to one per order per, per customer. And I'm not sure if that should actually happen or not, but maybe there's some, some marketplaces out there to make it better. Or maybe you know between now and Christmas, Nintendo releases a you know a flood of new of new uh, of consoles that they actually you know, meet the demand. But you know right now it doesn't look like it could be the case, and so uh, you know we'll see if it happens uh, next year. But it's, it's it's hard not to just want to say like throw up your hands and just do something else with this whole whole problem, not not experience this experience this again. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I, mean, I, I still have an old SNES, and it's like, well, it's like, might as well just play this. I mean, it has the same games except for Star Fox 2. And I'm sure Star Fox 2 is fun for an afternoon, but I don't think it's, like, life-changing. I know. Uh, it's, I it's, know. It's, it's going to be pretty terrible. I think there is somewhere, like, even the developer of Star Fox 2 is surprised it's going to be on the console. Like, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, wait. It's, yeah. it's not done. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. So uh, he's a little surprised as well. But, yeah, uh, yeah you're right. It's, it's not going to be a great game, but you still want to see it, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's, I'm trying to think. You can think of a spectrum in terms of you know game game designers, game you know whatever. The, the Nintendo and PlayStation, and Xbox, like the extent, the extent to which they seem to care about their customers, and and yeah, and they treat their they give their customers what they want, and and, and treat their customers with respect. I think PlayStation tends to do it the best, and and Nintendo seems to be doing about the worst. And at least in this sense of this manufactured scarcity, which leads to them being bought out by bots, and there's no recourse other than just pay this enormous price to someone that's not Nintendo to get the same thing. Which is, again, you know, it's enormously frustrating. I don't see what Nintendo gets out of it either. They could, they could sell out just as well if they just sold a few more and they go to them rather than going to, you know, this other person who's going to make, you know, five times the amount on reselling it. Yeah, there's so many ways to make this better. I mean, they could do custom pre-orders or, or whatever else. And then people, you know, that'd be, people would suggest that that'd be a fantastic way. If I can go on to Nintendo's side and say I want these 30 SNES games and shoes or whatever and kind of custom my, my SNES and pre-order from them directly and pay a bit more or whatever. But yeah, there's so many ways they can make this better. But again, I think I think strategy-wise, it may work better for Nintendo to do this. I mean, they create a sense of demand. They're always in high demand no matter what the product is. The three latest consoles they're going to release will be sold out all the time. And so it creates this artificial kind of desire for the product for, for gamers, including me, that I really want this thing, even though I, because I can't get it. Uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe we're to their advantage, but it, it is sort of bizarre. And again, for a second time, uh, it, it seems to be the case. And it's just, just for, for me, this, this may be the last one I worry about, but uh, <laughs> it, is, it is kind of surprising. So. Wow, that's pretty gross. And it, it seems like they've been doing this ever since the Wii, right? It, it, it's yeah, just kind right. of manufactured scarcity. Which drives up demand, but the Wii at least was a good product. I, I, I'm not sure everything subsequently you could say necessarily the same thing about. Like NES Classic was, it was, it was pretty good. I don't care if all people just raving about it, and it seemed like it was immediately forgotten about. You know, I, yeah. I bet you all of those were sitting unplayed right now on people's shelves. I, I bet you if you looked at how many of them being used at this moment, probably. 
you know, one out of a hundred, you know, one of a thousand is actually being played right now. You know, nobody, nobody plays that. They play it on Christmas Day, but then they're done, and then they're back to yeah. playing the Xbox, you know, or back to playing PlayStation. You know, it, Wait it, for it, Destiny it, Two, like me. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which will not be on the SNES Classic. So that's frustrating. All right. All right. Well, good luck to you finding yeah. finding it. Hope it works out. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> better news next week about this whole thing. We'll see where yeah. it goes. So. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the Cultural Podcast for this week. Bye.